Hello everyone and welcome back to Another Mother, a parenting podcast by My Spring Harvest with me, Emma Borkwe. I am a mum of two little ones. I've got Ezra who is three and Hallie who was born at the end of 2022. And since becoming a family of four, I've realised I need more advice. I need more support. I need wisdom. And because parenting can just make you feel like you lack confidence. It can make you feel a bit isolated. You're questioning whether you're doing it right. But the Bible says that children are a heritage and a reward. And I really want to experience that kind of joy through this season of life. So rather than confusing myself more with all the blogs and the internet forums, I'm speaking to some of the best people I know to get their wisdom as I begin to navigate my way through some of the biggest parenting questions I have. And I'm guessing you're listening to this because you've got questions too, wherever you may be at on the journey. And talking of journeys very tedious link there. Do you get that one? Um, We recently took as a family the long drive from London where we live to Lancashire to be with my granddad as he celebrated his 90th birthday. Now don't even get me started on the drive. I don't know why it took so long. I think it took us maybe like seven hours and it should take about four and a half but we stopped so many times and there was a bit of traffic and oh my gosh yeah long journeys with kids are interesting. Anyway back to the trip. So we've got a pretty big extended family and um, we're all spread out across London and the South mainly. So we don't get to spend loads of time together, but me and my sisters and my cousins had hired these cottages that were on this lovely little courtyard. It was away from the road, not that it's really that busy on the country lanes around there anyway. Um, But there was this field of sheep, which again, being from London, I was like, oh my gosh, there's sheep. There was a little pub, and our cottages are all next to each other with these gates that allowed us to access each other's gardens and we've all got children so between us all I I don't even know how many children there were but it ranges from there being older teens to preteens children toddlers and then all the way down to Hallie who was the youngest at just four months old at the time and from the minute that we got there it was like the kids knew that it was different, that everybody was free. Like you could just move around, you could go where you want. They were knocking on each other's doors, running through the gardens. There would be 10 kids in one cottage one minute and then they would just all somehow migrate to the next one along and their toys would be spread out across all of the cottages and me and my sisters spent most of the time just saying to each other, can they come to you now? Is it all right for them to be with you? Or we would just all be gathered at the front. We'd pull our chairs out. We'd be sitting out the front of the houses, just chatting while they played in one of the houses. And it was the most amazing few days away. And not just because we got to come and celebrate my granddad, who was 90. Obviously, that's amazing. But I felt like on this trip, I got to have a little glimpse into... I guess like a completely different way of parenting or a different way of family life. It felt like the real it takes a village kind of vibe. And the pressure was never on one single adult or one of the parents, but it was shared across a few of us and we were all fully engaged yet really relaxed. (laughs) And the kids were just surrounded by family. Like it just felt so good. And it might have just felt so good because none of us were working and we were just on holiday and holidays always feel good. But there was something about it that just felt really, really special. And I think the reason that this really registered for me as a wow moment was because I had read a book not that long ago. Um, It was called Family Revision. It's by a guy called Jeremy Pryor. And I'm not going to do it justice if I try and explain now 
what the whole book's about. But basically, the subtitle is How Ancient Wisdom Can Heal the Modern Family. And it looks back at Bible times and the blueprint for family life that you see in the Old Testament. And it poses how we can potentially adopt that into our modern families today and how that could help to heal some of those feelings of isolation or being under-resourced that is often associated with parenting. So there's a lot of ideas in the book that I had literally never thought about before ever and I'm still making my mind up on some of the bits and working out what I really resonate with and what bits I'm like oh yeah I don't know not for me because I think that's okay to do that like take the things that you feel you resonate with and leave the rest I don't know Um, but I do think that it is so interesting to explore other ideas of family life because we all do it so differently and we can learn so much from each other so anyway one of the strong themes in the book is about multi-generational living and families, like the wider family, doing it together. So being away with my family and seeing how wonderful that was and thinking, whoa, yeah, like I get why this works. As a mum, I felt like I've got people around me who were further ahead on the journey. So like my older sisters, for example, that I could look at and I could learn from and I could see how they're doing things. And then I felt like my kids are really secure and surrounded with love and support. And I felt like there was also an opportunity for me to serve and for me to help. And um, I don't know, like help out with the other kids as well. It just, it felt so right. It felt like we were all working together as a team. And I don't know how realistic it is for that to be our everyday lives because we don't live next door to our family we live in a busy road in London (laughs) so running out on the street knocking on the neighbor's door isn't really something that I'm going to be encouraging my kids to do but it did get me thinking about how this kind of approach to family life could look in a slightly adapted way so today I am extremely excited that I am going to be speaking to Gabes and Anna Deku. They are an incredible couple. They've got an 18-month-old son. I've actually known them for a number of years now. We met at our old church, Um, but they also share a lot of their lives. Well, not a lot, but they share a fair amount of their lives on social media. And when I was reading this book, the family revision book, I was thinking of them because I could just tell that they have adopted some of these principles in their young family. I'd actually messaged Anna when I finished reading the book, like, hey, have you read this book? And she hadn't, but she had. Um, she knew about the author and she had kind of heard a lot of his teachings before. But anyway, so I could tell that Anna and Gabe's were, had adopted some of these kinds of family principles, but they are still both really career-driven and they also live in London. So I was like, hmm, they are somehow making this work. And I don't know how, but I've got a lot of questions for them. They are just, as a couple, Gabes and Anna are so honest and relatable. They've got a YouTube channel where they speak about their marriage, their life journey, the things that they're learning. And their authenticity comes through so strong in everything that they do. They're just, they're not afraid of any judgment. They're just doing things the way that they believe to be right and allowing all of us to get a little glimpse into it. And I'm so grateful that they do share in such an honest way, not just because I'm very nosy, but because I genuinely learn so much from them. So, welcome, Gabes and Anna. Hey, Emma. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Good. good. Just put us on to sleep and the house is quiet. Oh, those lovely, peaceful moments. Do you ever get that feeling when you put him down that you're like, 
what should I do with this? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't get that because I, I I just go and sit down. And yeah, chill. of course he does. I, I don't. Course. I don't get that. What should I do now? I have the awkward stress of should I cook? Should I clean? Should I rest while he's resting? What should I do? How long will this last? Even. All of those questions. I go straight to rest. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> That's good. To be fair, I think I definitely need to learn to rest more. But yeah, I every time like one of my children goes to sleep, I'm like, oh, what should I do? Uh, 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 and then do nothing, basically, but stress the whole time. <laughs> no, I can fit in about 10 things into like 10 minutes because I'm just the chief of multitasking. So I need to actually learn to slow down. Okay, good. Maybe that will be our uh, our mission for the next few yeah. months. We'll keep each other accountable. Um, so Jerry, your son, he's Jeremiah is his full name, isn't it? But you call him Jerry? Yeah, yeah. correct. Yes, yeah. So he is 18 months now, isn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How has the first year of parenting been for you guys? Wow, yeah. Interesting, it's been, right? It's, it's been interesting. Yeah. It's a little bit of a struggle because... Um, Anna went back to work quite quickly after giving birth to Jerry. So having to juggle a newborn with sleepless nights and working full time, well, both of us working full time yeah. was very difficult. So we went on this kind of six week high of, oh my God, we've got a new baby, really excited. Anna goes back to work. Well, we both go back to work mm-hmm. and it's like, how are we going to cope? We're surviving. And then we crash. <laughs> and then we pick ourselves back up. And now and then, we're thriving. Now we're thriving, yeah. So it's been a cycle. And I think before um we had him, I guess in the pregnancy, we were very much theoretical. We know read every book, yeah. you know, had every theory down. We're like, this is how yeah. we're gonna do it. We're gonna sleep train him in three months, <laughs> night, everything. Got all the family support, move close to family. We're like, you know what? We what are people this. complaining about? And then boom. Reality hits. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is crazy because I I still can't wrap my head around the fact that you actually managed to go back to work after six weeks. As I look back, I'm like, how did we actually do that? But before going back, we thought we could do this. You know, Mm. I work from home five days a week, so that was good. And we relocated to be closer to family and we had their support as well. Yep, and we knew who was going to be looking after Jerry in the day. I was literally be in another room, so... To me, it just made complete sense. I was like, it's not going to be hard at all. Yeah. And it wasn't for the first two months. But into month three, the sleepless nights took its toll, I think. Yeah. Because obviously I was still breastfeeding at night and then working in the day. And, and still then... breastfeeding probably at lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. I was pumping and giving it to the family. But it's just the whole operation of thinking about all of that mm. was very difficult. So not sure I'd recommend it, but we did it and it was worth it for us. Okay, because what like what made you decide to do that? Did you decide that in your pregnancy that that's what you were going to do? Or was it more situational that you had to go back after you had him? It was a combination of both, I'd say, because when we were thinking of having a baby or trying for a baby, an amazing opportunity came up yeah. in a an organisation that I really wanted to work for. So I thought, you know, let's just go through the process and see what happens because if I get the job then we can make the decision on whether it's yeah. the right thing to do but Anna's so good at what she does in terms of work that she ended up landing the job and then now we had um, we're confronted with the fact of if she um, takes this job she doesn't qualify for her maternity leave so the question I put to Anna is are you comfortable with that yeah. are you comfortable with actually having the baby and going back so soon and then she gave me the whole spill of I'm gonna be working from home <laughs> Families, everything. I sold him a dream. She sold me a dream. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so the the crash that came at three months, was that, do you think that was like the buildup of tiredness or was it that Jerry had like a sleep regression or what was it? The buildup, the buildup. Yeah. Definitely the buildup of the tiredness and... And um, it's also probably a transition where I was going back into the office. Mm-hmm. So this was at the end of um, the lockdown as well, where yeah. people were working from home five days a week. So we were both working from home at that point. Yeah. And then I started going into the office three days a week. And then now I'm more tired because I'm not used to the commute anymore. Yeah. And yeah. And then I'm doing more at home in the day. Before yeah. we we're tag teaming, supporting our family and things. But then, then it was down to me. So yeah, I think it was just a build up of all of that because yeah. Jerry's actually not a difficult child yeah like if he's not difficult he will do as you tell him to if you try to sleep train him he'll get trained and yeah he'll follow a he consistent a ri- pattern rhythm. and a rhythm yeah. yeah so it's definitely not him definitely an us <laughs> issue yeah. you were just shooting for the stars basically really shooting yeah. and everyone told us that we'd have this problem we're like they don't know what they're talking about we can do this we, yeah. <laughs> we love a goal a challenge as well like no one's done before we'll do it and we'll show them how. But yeah. then, yeah, we got humbled. So, very yeah, quickly. very quickly. So when it all started to kind of crash and burn at three months, what what did you do? Did you, like, change the idea? Did you stop working or did you just power through? Like, what was the plan after that? Yeah, we, 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 powered, we, through. we powered through. <laughs> it was more like, okay, like, there's a breakdown now. We're arguing with each other. Oh, so, yeah, like, like now, now we're bickering. So, it's not, like, we're having this... Um, situation that's going on mm. now we're fighting with each other we're divided yeah blaming and, each other blaming each other so first step is okay let's get back on the same page mm-hmm. next thing is let's build a schedule of um who's going to be doing what because i don't need to know exactly what i would be doing yeah. because if um it wasn't like written down then things ended up falling on Anna. So she felt very overwhelmed in that. So I really had to step up and try and support her as much as possible. And then we communicated pretty much every evening what's going to happen tomorrow. And then we just tried to support each other through the process. And remembering our why. So the reason why we took this job in the first place and what that would mean for our family and how that would help our, you know, career progression and everything, you know, we just had to get through that difficult time yeah. because now we're on the other side and we see all the benefits of that. Exactly. And we understand, you know, we're just in a great place. So yeah, it was yeah, worth yeah, it for us and our family, but we needed to work through a lot of communication, making sure, yeah, we set expectations around who's doing what at what time and become very structured before, I guess we had a, maybe a loose routine. Um, but then in the midst of that, you have to get organized and also not being so disappointed if we don't actually follow the structure Mm. because obviously we could say jerry's gonna sleep for an hour and a half if he wakes up after an hour we can't just throw our toys out the pram we have to try and cope with that um and just communicate reprioritize and then go again sorry that was a long-winded answer no i love it i love it the context into you know what we're going through because you can look at it looking back and it just sounds like oh boss babe like such a you know amazing thing for a woman to be able to do that but the reality it was, of it, it is it was tough yeah it was tough <laughs> boss babe you are still a boss babe but <laughs> I get you yeah no that sounds sounds hectic and so Gabe's you actually took uh pater- was it shared paternity leave like what What's it called? Parental leave. Mm. Parental leave. And that was at six months. Um, so. Yeah, he was at seven months at that point. Okay. And that's when everything changed for the better. So we had like a four-month period of health. Yeah. 
So was so when you took your parental leave, was that always a part of the plan or was that in response to like, whoa, this has been crazy, I need to take some time out? I didn't even know that my com- my company offered this um, benefit. Wow. So it was, so we made all the decisions with Anna going to a new job without knowing that I could take leave off. Mm. Then through having a conversation with my manager, probably just me having a one-to-one where I'm probably tired and unresponsive. <laughs> and then she said to me, are you aware that our company has a shared parental leave and you might be eligible for some time off? She didn't tell me how much it was. I then had a conversation with HR, then found out that I was entitled to six months off. And I was like, wow, this fully is paid. full paid. Yeah. <laughs> and we found this out during the pregnancy. So I'd already started the new role. You know, we've, we've already created the plan. And then he's now finding out that um, I'm eligible. he's eligible for six months yeah. of paid leave. And we were just like, this is another God thing in the journey. Like, we were meant to take the step of faith because it's only going now, to be for a short period because yeah. we can now take time off. So that's that's the way Anna was celebrating the moment. Yeah. Like, it's a good story. <laughs> hey, this was not part of the plan. Yeah. Like, I have X uh, milestones I need to reach in terms of my career. Um, I don't actually want to take six months off. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll take three months. Then Anna negotiated, pushed me to four months. And I was like, okay, I'll take four months. And as time got closer and we're in the midst of these arguments, and now Anna's like, at Gabe's, like, you see everything that's going on. Mm. Why are you only taking four months? How about you actually take the full six months? It's full pay. Again, a bit of anxiety, a bit of fear about my career. And then having, and then I spoke to a friend, kind of got slapped up a bit, and they said, Gab, just do what's right for your family. Mm. And then I took six months off. Yeah. So that was the kind of the process of even doing that. Because there's no point thriving in your career if your family is suffering. Yeah, suffering, yeah. At the expense of your family. Like, we're very career-driven, but the family is the most important yeah, thing the for, central us. Part for us. So everything has to feed into, you know, the family being healthy. So yeah. if he needed to take six months, he would have to do that. And whatever the implications were in his career, it would be worth it because we put the family first. Yeah. And looking back now, because obviously you finished that six-month period off, did it impact your career? It didn't. Like, so what happened when I took time off, they hired a contractor in. So I had a, like a one month transition to train him. I was off for six months and then a one month transition for him to train me back into my role. And it's almost like I hadn't left. I picked up all the same work. My managers was just as supportive as they was when I was leaving. It was great. And I was welcomed back with pretty much open arms. But what about the opportunities that you maybe may have missed out on? Yeah, but but I'm not even, it's like I'm not aware of those opportunities. Mm, There might be things that I could have been in the midst of the conversations, Mm -hmm. et cetera, and maybe, you know, done extra things, but I don't know. But even looking back, even if there was opportunities that I missed, it was such a great time off. Mm. Like I was able to spend so much time with Jerry because in the initial um, period, again, where we were having a difficulty, the, another reason why it was quite difficult is because Jerry always wanted Anna. So even though I was there and I was trying to help as much as possible, if he when he kicked off, he wanted Anna. So, but in that six months, I was able to build a great bond with him mm. that when he did um, was unsettled, he would want mom or dad, yeah. which was really nice. Yeah. So it w- it was a great time off. We went to the parks. We yeah. went. To, we did so many things together. All these sensory stuff. I'm pretty much a, the only dad in the room in a lot of places, but mm. it was great. Yeah. yeah, and it really set our family up to really. Yeah, the, the foundations have been laid now, so Gabe's can fully look after his own son with independent. <laughs> well, he now he wants me. Yeah, without me <laughs> being there in terms of food, everything like the whole operation. 
he can handle and the same with me and yeah it just sets us up for future children and the way that our family should operate so yeah yeah and he experienced that- the tiredness and all of that so more empathy as well on his part yeah that, that's which great. was empathy very definitely key. needed yeah how did you find juggling everything did, did you still have like one mind on work or were you just solely like no I am dad mode 100 percent I think for me when I put something down so now that I'm in the midst of looking after Jerry I almost forgot about work I didn't think about it we we had this opportunity to have touching days I didn't even utilize any of them I just literally disappeared for six months and I came back day one and carried on so I'm actually quite good at putting things down so I didn't think about work in that midst but I got very humbled in the first month because I thought, because I'm I'm a someone who is very structured, likes to put together a plan. So I said, look, he eats at this time, he sleeps at this time. And then I've got all this extra time to do whatever <laughs> I want to do. <laughs> Which is pretty much what That's exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so I think it was perfect so, for him because it was a great experience to humble my guy. So I went through with the plan. And then, I, so when he was sleeping, I'll go to the gym, I'll go for a run. And my goodness, I was after the first month, I was floored. Yeah. And I was like, babe, I think you need to start supporting me more. You're working, <laughs> and work is not really that difficult. Like looking after a child, because it's also this blurred line of you don't actually get a weekend because the person <laughs> who's working is tired from work. So well, you're like, this oh. passion, this passion is so different. He's a new man. <laughs> See what I mean? It's just very good that he went through this experience. Like, you don't get a weekend. So she's complaining, oh, I'm tired from a long week at work. But before this, like, I haven't been saying... looking after our child for a whole week. What have you been doing apart from working? You know? Anyway. So... <laughs> I love it. It's just so good to see that you guys actually totally get one another's perspectives as well now because you've both fully immersed yourself in each other's shoes, which is like not many people get the opportunity to do that. So it is amazing that you guys have done that and you can share your kind of experience on that. And you're both back at work now, aren't you? Are you both working full time? Yeah. Okay, so this is what I mean by like, (laughs) you guys in my head are like, career people how is this working for you so you're both back full-time do you have like assistants like how how do you work this out? <laughs> that's, the, that's the next phase where we think about getting some sort of assistant yeah. or something. Well, what right we now, do have is a very strong family network yeah so okay. like i mentioned we made the decision when we were pregnant with jerry to actually move closer back home so yeah, um, we lived in southeast London. All our family are north and east, so we we're slap bang in between them now. Yeah, um, like fifteen minutes each way is the furthest sort of family member. Um, and even though that, yeah, you know, we love southeast, we just had to make the right decision for our family. Yeah. So the family really support us, so that we're able to do what we need to do career wise. So yeah. you know, my mom, Gabe's mom, S- they're both siblings. siblings. They're all very supportive. So in the week, our mums are do- looking after our son. And um, they come to our house, they stay, they, um, yeah, fully look after. And then even though sometimes if we're really having, like, it's really difficult in the week and we need a bit of rest on the weekend, our siblings step in as well. Mm. So we're trying to be as intentional with Jerry. It's not like we just throw him off. So we're really intentional with the evenings, very intentional with the mornings, intentional with the weekends. And if we do need to, like, tap out, we've got people that we can rely upon yeah. that would that we trust as well that would also step in. So yeah. that's very important to us yeah that's really good how do you guys um 
how do you approach those conversations with family? Because a lot of people have got family, but it can become a bit of an awkward conversation when you start talking about like childcare, especially if it's a grandchild or a niece or a nephew or something like that, because they want to kind of remain in that role as like, oh no, but I'm the grandparent. Like I just want to swoop in and have fun rather than it being like an arrangement where they've got to cover you kind of thing. I think for us, we communicate very early. So in the midst of, for example, Anna taking that job opportunity, before we accepted the offer, we had the conversation with our family from the jump. So it's not like we surprise them and say, hey, we expect you to now look after Jerry because we're doing X, Y, and Z. We had the conversation. This opportunity has come up. It's an exciting one. It's really good. What do you think about it? So we kind of get their buy-in. So by them saying yes, then you put the, you put the thing of, do you understand what this cost means for you? We're going to need you. Yeah. And then so because they're involved in the decision and they're involved in the process, it's almost like they're making the decision themselves rather than it being thrust upon them. Mm. So, yeah, we, t- we communicate very early and they're very much integrated into our decision making process. Yeah. And that helps a lot. Yeah, we really get them involved in the vision. We really sell them on the vision and we talk about the vision years before. So even when we were living in Southeast, we were talking about the frustrations of not being close to them and yeah. how we want to start seeing them yeah. every day. And, and the reason why we did move that far because we needed to be closer to work so that we can get, you know, focus on our career in that initial phase before we have kids, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get that we do like talk a lot about the vision within the family and the why behind, you know, what we're trying to achieve and what the benefits are. Like we do look at society now and we think people are very individualistic, people are very, you know, on their own. And, you know, what are the results and consequences of that? There's more depression, more anxiety, more loneliness. And we're, you know, we talk about this within our family. We say we don't want that to be our portion. We want to have a family that thrive. We want our children to grow up in an environment where they really you know are encouraged and surrounded by love and you know seek things internally before they seek things from the world so all of that type of conversation it means okay we're going to all have to make decisions that mean it's a sacrifice but it's actually going to benefit all of us as well so yeah all of that starts years before and then it becomes a reality when okay the child is now here we need your support in order to be able to you know and then also having the I guess the humility just to keep having the conversation Mm. so it's not like we, this, is, this is what we all agree with. We always evaluate how are you all doing? How are we coping? Is it, is it too much, mm-hmm. et cetera? And then if we do need to like, you know, change it up, we're willing to do so as well. We're yeah. all kind of learning on the journey. And yeah. yeah. our money where our mouth is in terms of if the family's always going to be around, we're cooking more and hosting more and spending more on shopping. And those are things that we're going to pay out of our own money. You know what I mean? It's not like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just... Yeah, they see it tangibly as well um, in the decisions that we make and the way that we sacrifice. And then, you know, everyone wants to sacrifice for one another eventually. Um, so it's not just talk, it's, yeah, action as well. That's so brilliant. Like, I I don't think I've ever heard anyone, especially of our kind of generation, we're similar ages, speak in this kind of way about how you bring your family in and that you just are really wanting to do it together and you're making them feel like a part of the team like you're all just in this together and I absolutely love that um what was my other question that I was gonna say oh yeah so Anna you were just saying about your vision yeah so you were like we've got a really strong vision we knew from before what we wanted it to be we're communicating the vision Again, this principle of vision, I don't think I've heard many people speak about 
again from our generation. So how did you guys even come up with this idea? <laughs> Not necessarily that it's your idea to come up with setting a vision for your family, but how how did you go about this principle of wanting to set a vision and what does that look like for you is it like a conversation that you have or do you write it out on like a vision board like what we want to get to that point but I think Anna and I are both just quite determined people and I think just the way that we approach life is take a step back of what do I want for myself Mm. And what do I need to do today in order to get that for tomorrow? Mm. And when we do that within our marriage, so now it's the both of us. Mm. And then we do that with our family. And now it's, it's a group of us. So I think we just take a step back and just think about what do we actually want our life to look like? Yeah. And then what do we need to do? Mm. So in terms of having a vision, we don't necessarily have a vision per se in terms of this is like our mission statement with our family. But we just think about what do we want the next, three years, five years, 10 years look like, mm. or, and then we just try and walk that out. Yeah. So it's always like, what's next? How do we prepare for that? And then what steps do we need to take to actually achieve it? Yeah. And our faith plays a crucial role in that because we're always thinking about things through the lens of, you know, what is pleasing to God yeah. and, you know, how do we set ourselves up to live a life that is, you know, Honoring. pleasing to him. Yeah. And, you know, that means sometimes going against the culture of the time. And if you actually take a moment to stop and look around and think about, if I just go with the flow of what's going on around me, then this is where I'll end up. And if I don't want to end up in that way, what decisions do I have to make now in order to get there? So for us, it's just, it starts from that place, really. It's like, okay, right, this is where things will end. If we don't want it to end that way, what do we need to do now? And then how do we create a plan to make sure we get there? And what environment do yeah. we need to create? So it's just thinking about that, talking yeah. about that every day, yeah. basically. And then it becomes the vision. It becomes yeah. who you are and what you stand for. And you don't yeah. really So if realize. we were to say what is our vision, mm. it's kind of just living a life that honors God. Mm. And then we have loads of goals in between that. So the vision is wide enough so it can encompass both of us in it mm. and our family in it. Because if you say my vision is to build X career. Well, Anna can't see herself in that vision because mm. it's not my life. Her life is not limited down to my career. Mm. But if it's broad enough to how can we live a life that honors God, mm. then and we walk in that and then we think about, OK, what goals are or what things are coming up and what goals can we set yeah. and how do we walk in that? Yeah. And then, you know, God wants us to be the best versions of ourselves. We're two different people. And then Jerry's a different human being as well. But like, how do we with our gifts and talents? you know use them to give him glory and yeah be the best that we can be so you know not everyone's going to be you know pursuing their career at you know 100 miles per hour the same way we are but we just feel like that is what we are called to do in this season so that's what we're going to do so everyone just needs to look at that in the context of them their skill set their gifts their talents and then um and they're also seasons for everything as well establishing what the season is Mm -hmm. because you could be for example in the initial three months or or seven months, I'll say, where we've had a newborn, where it's our first one, we're juggling, understanding that's not really a time to fully lean into our career and to lean into probably just surviving. Mm -hmm. Like, it allows us to kind of reprioritize. So it's not like trying to achieve everything at once. Mm -hmm. There's seasons for everything. So we have a a good five years where we were literally focused on our careers. We were constantly looking at what is the thing that we need to do? We need to transition here. We need to transition here. And now we're in the transition of, okay, we've got a kid. How do we navigate our career in the midst mm-hmm. of that? And just in trying to enjoy the journey as well. Yeah. 
So to work out what season you are in, do you have like regular check-ins? Like how do you do that to know where you're at and where you need to be or if something needs to shift? I think that's a good question. I think we talk a lot. Well, yeah. yeah, we talk a lot. <laughs> that's good. Just in the evening, the simple questions of how are you? How's it going? And um, just seeing where we, we actually are. And then we probably, and we go on holidays quite a bit. Um, well, we tried to, but yeah. not this year. Just... Not this year so far with the cost of living crisis, <laughs> but not this year um, so far. But And then we just kind of just check in and just see yeah. what is going on. Are we happy with how things are going? And then do we need to reprioritize? Yeah, it's just a constant communication for us in our household, like all the time. I don't know how some people thrive without actually communicating with each other over and over again, because then we can gauge what's your situation looking like at the moment? What's my situation? What do we need to be thinking about in the next three to six months? And then um, work through it in that way. And if, you know, it's not a good time. For example, there was a season where we just couldn't post on YouTube because there was just no time and it's not a good use of our time. And even though we know it's something that we want to do in the future, it's just not the season for it. So it's just the communication and then trusting and knowing that God is still moving, even though we're not moving or, you know, doing something practically and trusting that if it's meant to be, the time will come where we can pick that back up again. So, yeah. I love that. I love that you guys are so clear on what you're doing and you're obviously so connected with one another and like wanting to listen to each other and just on the same page of what you're building. Did you always know when you were younger, did you know that this is what you wanted your family to be like? Or is it kind of evolved as you've gone on and had a family of your own? I think I think our relationship was developed on just a real sense of yeah communication just enjoying spending time and just talking like our date nights would be going to a restaurant sitting down and just talking for like four or five hours Mm. or going for a long walk when we were at university and just enjoying the conversation that would happen and we and we're also like to dream as well like what could the future actually look like so I yeah. think, and so I think, because we've always had that sense of liking to talk and dreaming yeah. a bit. Yeah, yeah, we both are dreamers, and we're so analytical. So we'll analyze our past in terms of our family upbringing, in terms of you know what what do you like about yourself, what don't you like about yourself, and then we're just like, okay, how can we create that for the future? And like, I think it might be a gift of faith where you're just naive to like the limitations or things that might get in the way of you being able to achieve them but we just dreamt together and I think that's why we're really attracted to each other because we were both just like no limits if if money wasn't an option if if I don't know the safety wasn't an issue like what what would you actually want to do and then we try to work our way towards that so I think that's what attracts us to each other and then that's what we've been working towards and building upon and there's no stone that we leave unturned when we're communicating yeah and then that's what's helped us yeah build what we're trying to build I think <laughs> trying to yeah yeah we're not nowhere near there yet and it's yeah. always a challenge but yeah um and we're also just comfortable if things don't work out the way that we expected to we also have the conversation what didn't work what can we do again mm. like it's just a communication process yeah. every stage yeah because yeah. if God blocks certain doors because we don't know everything then it's like okay what 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 does plan b look like or what is God trying to show us in this season by closing this door? Where do we go from here? We pivot. Um, but we've always got that big plan and dream until God blocks it and then tells us to go down a different route. 
I love that. Were there any things from your upbringings individually that you have kind of like really taken on to apply to your family now? So they've really influenced the way that you guys are or de-influenced. I don't know. Maybe there's things that you're like, definitely didn't want that for my family. Or you're like, no, I definitely want that for my family. I think there's aspects from both of our families that you can see. So we literally unpack both of our families and we say oh that was great from your family I love that like the way Gabe's mum was so involved in Gabe's like we were dating and he'd tell his mum oh we've had our first kiss or (laughs) oh thinking of taking out what should I do like this this that and I'm just like why are you talking to your mum to that detail um because obviously I don't know sometimes in African culture you don't have that relationship but I was shocked to see that in his family and that's something we want to take on into our family because I can see how he's a man of integrity because him and his mum are friends um and then you know from my side of the family where my mum was really free with allowing me and my sister to actually become the type of women that we are today and try things and fail and yeah. all of that means that we're quite fearless in a sense that aspect we want that in our son so it's just we literally yeah. are looking at each other's families and saying we want to take that we don't want to take that that's yeah. not great that is good and then let's build what we think could be the right and, and one thing from Anna's point about um, fear as well I think I was probably to some extent protected and shielded from a lot of things and not taking on risks and fear became one of those things that I would probably overthink everything to the point of not taking on those opportunities. Mm. So I'm very intentional with Jerry. If he does something that appears to be dangerous, like standing up on the coffee counter or the kitchen counter, my natural instinct is to take him and put him on the floor where it's safer. Mm. But now, because of knowing that I want him to be a bit more fear, um, fearless and to be an adventurous... I won't pick him up down and pick him up, put him down straight away. I'll let him see what happens, let him explore a bit. And then, yeah, maybe just yeah. Have to say, you want to run and jump and then catch him. Yeah. Just so he doesn't, so that I don't teach him fear. If that makes, because the, the world is a scary place in itself, but I don't want to be the one teaching him. This is what fear, you yeah. should be fearful X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I think I've learned that for Anna as well, because she's, She's, she's a bit of a nutter sometimes. She's quite <laughs> fearless. But then I'm thinking about my upbringing and growing up in a single parent household, you know, that is not the ideal. And I can see the limitations and why, you know, God wants, you know, a husband and wife together and building their household. And that was a big reason why I was really intentional about I need to marry, you know, the right man. I need to really invest in my marriage and I really need to, you know, love on my husband so that we can create a environment that our son can really look at us and be like, wow, this is what love looks like within the household. Mm. Um, so all of those things were just brought to the table um, really early on and, you know, help shape the type of family that we want to create. I think that's brilliant. You guys are doing such a good job. Like, I just I love all of the wisdom that you have from such a early stage in your kind of parental family life. It feels like you've been doing this for ages. No, no, no. Well, we've been reading for a while. Yeah. So again, yeah. in preparation for the future, we're reading books for the next season, if that makes sense. It's because we just um we don't know. We don't have the answers. Like we actually need God. We need the wisdom from people who have done this before like we really want to humble ourselves and not feel as though we know everything because we don't we haven't had that exposure within our households we haven't you know we're not necessarily around people who are doing this all the time in the way that we we believe that we want it to be done so we just have to really yeah soak ourselves under wisdom under prayer under yeah a lot of things to just help us navigate what we need to do in the next season Mm -hmm. 
Are there any books that you've read? Sorry, this is a bit of a left question. You might not have thought about this, but are there any things that you've read recently or ever that have really helped to shape some of this stuff for you guys? Mm. Um, Apart from the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. of course. Always. Um, I think one book in terms of in terms of marriage, in terms of like being like great with one another, trying to be work well with one another, mm. is like the meaning of marriage by Timothy Keller. Mm. That was that was really um, transformative in terms of understanding that marriage is a gift from God and how we steward our marriage for the sake of our family. So our marriage being a safe place. Because you look at like Anna mentioned earlier, like you have people dealing with anxieties and all these other things that people are dealing with. And sometimes it is linked to the family. But if you create a safe place where you and your partner are united, it doesn't mean that you can't argue with one another or have disagreements, but being a, by having a, a, a marriage where it feels safe for your children allows them to flourish in that, mm. that as well. Mm. But, um, what other books in terms of family I can't remember but there's a there's a podcast that we listen to called Family Teams mm. yes which is a family revision guy isn't it yeah. Jeremy Pryor which is why I thought of you guys <laughs> yeah. oh yeah we've been listening to them and yeah following all their yeah their journey for the past few years and it's just amazing because they're a family that are way further along in that journey yeah. I've been doing it for years as well so it's not like something new um yeah, that's really helped us on yeah. the journey. Five Minutes of Fatherhood, which is, again, their platform as well that yeah. they that talk about. Um, and what other platform? Hey, just a quick one. While we're talking about resources, if you haven't already signed up to My Spring Harvest, I really recommend it. There are loads of articles and things that you might be interested in to support you on your journey of faith and parenting. I've actually added an article over there right now with all of the links to the resources that Gabes and Anna have just mentioned. So if you want an easy way to find all of them after this episode, then head over to myspringharvest.org. You can create your free account and you'll be able to check all of that out. Okay. Back to the chat with Gabe Zanana. So I'm going to be, for like the rest of the episodes of this podcast, I'm going to be speaking to lots of different people from all different kinds of, I don't know, different ages, different life experiences. So as parents like me who are quite new to all of this, I still think I'm very new to all of this. Um, you're you're, you're further along the journey than we are. But I still feel very, very new. So <laughs> I have a lot of questions, but I'm sure that a lot of people have a lot of questions. So if you had the opportunity to ask one question to another mother or another father, what question would you want to ask? Um, I think some things that we do talk about quite a lot at the moment is seeing the way that the world is and all these different ideologies because of social media there's a lot of noise out there mm. and there's a lot of things I'm a so little many bit opinions. so many opinions and ways and of probably doing. this is the fearful side of me but I am fearful of how Jerry's going to navigate himself through all these different opinions and I guess the question is how do you um protect your child from you know you can ex ex get allow them to expose themselves to it but protect them from all this noise so that it doesn't shape their identity negatively yeah. that'll be the question yeah and we'll be listening hard to that answer because we need the answer <laughs> yeah. yeah I will definitely ask I'll find someone that I can ask that question to who I'm sure will give an amazingly wise response 
Um, but no, thank you so much, guys, for just sharing so openly and honestly and authentically about where you're at and what you've been through and what you're experiencing. And yeah, I hope people find this conversation very helpful. But thank you so much for your time. And we're thank you for having us. Wishing you all the best for your family and your future and lovely Jerry for when he wakes up from his nap. Yeah, yeah. he's still sleeping, he's still sleeping, which is amazing. Great. Maybe I can catch a nap now as well. <laughs> Do you think that's a bit much? It's your turn to rest. Do you take it in turns to have a rest at the weekend? Because now you're both working. Oh my yeah. God, yeah. Saturday and Sunday mornings, we rotate who's looking yeah, after yeah, Jerry. Yeah. Good. Okay, well, I'll let you get on with your rest. Um, but have a great weekend and I will speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Another Mother. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and we would absolutely love your help in spreading the word about this podcast. So please do share it with your friends, share it with other parents, other mums that you may know, mums-to-be, parents-to-be, just anybody that you think might enjoy it. Thank you.